To whom it may concern, America's in distress With our future on the line, look around, it's a mess We took a turn, now everything you say is offensive And we slowly losing our freedom and Alright everybody, welcome to uh, another segment here on Coal Region Discontent uh, It is election season, so this will be another uh, candidate interview um, I know it mostly seems like I have Republican candidates on here But that's mostly because it's only Republican candidates that get back to me now, before we get started, uh, if you could, you could share the video, help get the voice out there. I like to do these things to make sure everybody make, makes uh, an educated choice on on the ballot when they go on. Well, this year it'll be November 8th. But if you could uh, like and share the video, help get the voice out there. Today's uh, candidate will be uh, Carrie Lewis Del Rosso, who is uh, running for lieutenant governor. She is running alongside of uh, Doug Mastriani, who is running for governor against... Um, Josh Shapiro, and we'd like to hear what she has to say about herself and maybe answer some questions just to try to get people to let her know her a little better or, you know, answer some questions, like I said, so they can make an educated um, decision on November 8th. Now, like I said, you can find us on YouTube, on rumble.com, on Facebook. We are also on uh, Truth Social. We are on Getter dot com uh all at coal region discontent and i'd like to start out by thanking you guys for your uh your support and uh hopefully you can make a, a good decision hopefully you can get out and vote because i know there's a lot of candidates out there who say this is the most important election but every election is important so hopefully she'll be joining us soon here Right. Well, here we are. Like I said, with uh, Carrie Lewis Del Rosso, who's running for lieutenant governor, uh, alongside uh, Doug Mastriano, who's running for governor. And uh, if we could, maybe we'd let her tell us a little bit about herself. Uh, just uh, let us know uh, who you are. And I know you're a uh, state representative right now for, is it the 33rd district? Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'm Carrie Lewis Del Rosso, lieutenant governor nominee. Um, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania and um, moved out to the Southwest, Western PA to go to Pitt. Um, and my roots go back far. And, and like I said, good, good old coal anthracite Scranton um, with my great, we owned a small business, which was started by my great grandfather who actually called anthracite coal. Um, so uh, we um, no, it's all <laughs> kind of funny. I used to walk through the dumps to go to school. Uh, so that's a little bit about me, you know, growing up, my, my family continued the business until about 15 years ago when um, my father just, it was, my father was becoming handicapped and my uncles, um, we kind of all went our separate ways. And um, I was a small business owner as well. Um, I, and I still am. I still have an LLC, a public relations, media relations and um, marketing firm. It's just that I kind of let that sit when I, when I became a state representative. Um, I was a local borough councilwoman. I ran in 2017, knocked down 2,500 doors locally and um, won by about, I think, 25 votes to get on local council, unpaid position, but, you know, cared about the, uh, cared about the neighborhood. And um, I was on council for about two years and I decided to run for state um, house. I beat the house minority leader. Um, he was in office for 30 years, knocked down 13,000 um, doors. And it was because I thought the, uh, the district was being somewhat ignored. Um, and, and just so um, you know, that I, I was able to bring that voice 
of a district that um, was being represented by a somewhat complacent individual um, in a leadership position um, to Harrisburg. And the unfortunate part of, and I loved my job, I was a community servant, loved you know, sub- serving the public. Um, and then the redistricting year came up and they drew me out of the district. So uh, that's what led me to run for Lieutenant Governor. I literally took a step back. My son was joking with me. He said, mom, you are, are you going to retreat? What are you doing? And I'm quite a fighter. Uh, so I decided to run for Lieutenant Governor. Um, and here I am, um, we're two days out. And I'm, I'm sorry that we didn't get to do this interview any sooner. But my schedule has been a little wild, um, especially because I have three children at home. I'm a mother too. And having um, to juggle a, um, a state rep role along with a statewide race and three kids schedules is a little bit insane, but we're doing it. And um, last night I got to go to the Trump rally and speak and be endorsed, I think, by Tr- President Trump. You know, he gave me a shout out. Very cool. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that myself and uh, the uh, who's on the head of the ticket, Doug Mastriano, who is a wonderful person, he's going to be a great governor. He's a colonel in the army, served, you know, for 30 years, comes back here, sees what's going on in Pennsylvania and says, what? So ran for state senate, um, you know, and here here he is now at the top of the ticket. And I'm honored to be on it with him and his wife, I mean, her and I have become definitely more bonded over time. She's a wonderful woman. You know, I always say to Doug, what's it's better having two women on the ticket than just one. Um, so we've, um, we've had fun. We've been crisscrossing the state, getting out our message. And um, I think, you know, one of the things that we're really trying to push right now is making sure that um, Doug is our governor, will fight inflation. Um, he will... Um, fully fund and fight for law enforcement because we want safe communities. And um, of course, parents um, having the opportunity to um, stand up for their children in schools right now and know what's going on in terms of curriculum transparency. And um, one of the things that I've learned is traveling the state is that we can be completely energy independent. Um, and that's in- important for, you know, all our energy, um, whether it be, you know, coal, gas, um, you know, electricity, um, it, it's it's so important. Um, the district I represented had a lot of manufacturing shut down because a lot of the energy and the jobs had left. So I think the region that you're from can relate to that. And it, it, it's that's kind of, you know, I'm I'm the voice of the people. So and I'm like I said, two days out, we need to get out the vote. We need to tell people to make sure they vote. It's very important. So we can bring it, we can put a new day in PA under the Mastriano regime and work hard because that's exactly what Doug and I both stand for as the hardworking families of Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I noticed that you've been busy. You've been all over the state out at meet and greets, been out at rallies, been out actually meeting people. I mean, it seems like I have a lot of Republican candidates on here, but for some reason, a lot of Democratic candidates don't um, don't respond to me. So, but... <clears throat> Um, a lot of people talking on the election is the election integrity that's coming up. I know, I know Doug runs uh, a lot of things on his campaign about uh, voter ID, things like that. I didn't know if maybe you had some thoughts on that and how we had, how we can secure our elections, even though they were secured for so long before they weren't. Well, um, you know, I'm in line hundred percent with voter ID on fair elections, on um, ballot security, making sure that people their vote counts they have voter confidence when they get to the polls um but you know one thing that you have to recognize is that our election laws are old 
I think they were um, coded, codified in like 1938. And anytime we've tried to change them, especially under a Democrat governor, they get vetoed. Uh, the only way that we are going to fix elections or, you know, fix the process in elections is by nominating and electing Doug Mastriano so he can um, appoint a secretary of state that's actually going to follow through on fair elections. And I think it's so important. Well, as lieutenant governor, you would be um, you would be president of the Senate and also right. you would be at the head of the, the pardons board uh, right. part of that. Now, I, a lot of my viewers ask me things when candidates are on here like, what do they feel about uh, second chances? Because they feel like when people get charges or anything, even though it's not a life sentence, it seems to follow them for life. And unless you can get the pardon or because you can't run for public office, you can't work in certain schools, you can't do anything, you can't own a firearm. And me personally, I'm a, a Second Amendment absolutist. I feel like there shouldn't be infringements on it. I just think there should be tougher laws and penalties for people who commit crimes with guns. Yes. So um, I would be the chair of the Board of Pardons. Um, right now, um, our crime has gone up significantly under the Attorney General, Josh Shapiro, who we're running against. Mm -hmm. And I think the bottom line is we need to pre protect our citizens, but we also need to protect, of course, our Second Amendment rights. Um, and that's, that's very important. Um, and you're correct. People need to um, be punished for violent crimes accordingly, and they should not be let out of jail um, for the, those reasons. You know, one of the things that I will say is that I got to visit a prison um, during the campaign, um, and also as my as a legislative, um, as a state representative, I got to see about how um, you know corrections and and how it actually works, and when they actually are able to sit down as a board, it's almost like you know I worked in healthcare as a, as a treatment team approach um, to see if these people are actually ready to go back into society, um, and the family that you know the victim's family has a say in it. So um, it's an interesting process, uh, although right now um, what I'm seeing and I, and I truly believe is that we're letting people off, um, our, our DAs, some of our district attorneys that are more on the left-hand side um, are saying, you know, hey, you know, this isn't too bad of a deal, let them out, or, you know, they get out of jail. There's been, there was something that was in the paper most recently about how, you know, Fetterman lets these people out. And next thing you know, um, they're out killing people or they're, or they're back to the violent crimes. So, you know, and <clears throat> better be safe than sorry is my attitude. Um, and consequences, you know, are, are definitely, you know, you break the law, you know, let the punishment fits the crime kind of thing. So know that I'm going to be tough on it. Um, and I, I think it's, it's more so of us making sure that we have policies in place um, for second chance people that, that are actually, can actually get back into society and work. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a true believer into the work release program um, and making sure that people follow through on it, um, especially some you know jobs out there and apprentice programs that are out there that would make sure that people are held accountable. Um, I would not want to put someone out on the street that was you know a violent offender, but if there was something you know that uh, you know if a first offense and thing and people need to get out and and make sure they have a job and they're held accountable for. You know, our workforce is actually in crisis right now. And I think it's important that we make sure that people have something to do when they're not bored. They're not going to do drugs. So, you know, I, I, I truly believe in that, too. Well, I just I just figured if with the way our laws are, even in Pennsylvania, uh, a lot like the current governor and stuff, they tout rehabilitation, all this. But then we've I've seen it in some people, they get rehabilitated, but then they still can't do anything because of uh, either not being able to get a pardon, things like that. I mean. 
it's just an interest of a lot of people I I've, I know around here ask questions on the pages and stuff. Uh, but you'll also be the the president of the Senate, correct? Yes. Yes. And uh, so a lot of people don't know that here in Pennsylvania, we have our own Senate, our own our own uh, House of Representatives, and they meet for to write legislation and. And they're divided as well between uh, Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, and what have you. And uh, how do you do? You feel as though maybe you could be uh, uh, maybe a force, maybe a, a person that could bring them together to work together. Because being divided is is what's causing a lot of the problems we have in the country and in the state. Yes, and you know, I just got my third bill as a freshman um, signed into law. I have three bills in my first term um, signed into law by the governor. And it was by working with both the House, the Senate, and, and they were actually, um, you know, they were they were voted on unanimously, which is great. So I am quite a bipartisan person when it comes to working with people. But at the same time, um, you know, I think what people need to understand is how long it takes sometimes to get something through the house and the Senate, and then it will sit. Um, and I think that that's where I will be an asset to the governor's office. And I think um, myself and Senator Mastriano have worked together on some things behind the scenes and he sees how quick I move. Um, I'm an action item girl. Uh, and and if we need to be codifying things into law um, in some of the regulations, the over-regulations that have come over time, um, what I always say is one law might help one person and might hurt nine others. So we have to be very conscious of that, um, making laws. And um, thing I, I'm so happy that I did was I traveled the whole state and was I was able to get to almost all 67 counties. But what you understand is how their representation and how they argue in caucus is part of why they are the way they are. So if, if I had my way, I would be pushing back to the constituent services and making sure that our local constituent services are being done properly. So people are not feeling, you know, that laws are putting them in a bad spot. Government overreach, I'm totally against it. So I think that that's probably why I will be an asset to that. The other job that I will have is I will also chair the local government um, township commissions, like all the local government, which I embrace um, because I was a local um, leader for just a short period of time. But um, as a person who understands um, that your local decisions affect your pocketbook most, I think that that's where I, I will be an asset, I think. Well, I know we've all seen a lot of government overreach, especially in the last two years, especially since uh, the pandemic started. And I, I know a lot of people's issues on the table aren't exactly a lot that's being talked about in the news. On If you look on mainstream media, everything's about um, the abortion laws, the Roe v. Wade, the things like that. But I feel like there's other kitchen table issues that people like. I know you mentioned energy, but there's also uh, like parents' roles in education, uh, school choice, things along those lines that are really bothering people. I know I read a poll lately that said only 2% of, of most women even care about the abortion laws right now because they're they really they want to drive their cars and they want to be able to feed their families instead so uh what what you feel like uh are the kitchen table issues what what you feel like actually reaches out to uh the average pennsylvania not just pennsylvania but the country i should say well, and I just want to also let you know um, on the abortion issue, I am a pro-life mother of three and I do believe in exceptions. Um, I always have. And um, I know that there's been a lot of 
question about what myself and Doug can actually do at the top. And quite honestly, and, I, and I've told people this and I set people straight on this, is that the road decision came back to the States but didn't change anything. And a lot of women are feeling threatened. And it's actually sad because Shapiro has really um, bought off enough, up enough TV to scare people into thinking that we are going to like stop them. I mean, my kids watch the YouTube um, and they also say, mom, like, is Doug going to put you in jail for being a mom? And I'm like, you know, so like, again, like they, the propaganda that they're using is actually pretty bad um, because we're quite honestly, and I've said this is that. We do have an abortion control act in Pennsylvania. Um, and if anything changes or anything was to change, it would have to be legislated. And would just like I said earlier, it would have to go through the house and the Senate and be approved and signed into law. And that's what your local representatives are doing. And some representatives, you know, whether you be Republican or Democrat, this, that's your time to speak up. And that's who we elect at the local level to, to, to represent us in the state. So I've tried to educate some of my constituency on this. But some people are just too far gone on it. And it's sad because I truly believe that they just don't understand. And, you know, quite honestly, um, I think everyone should kind of be, be pro-life or not, you know, but at the same time, you have to believe in the circumstances, which are the life of the mother. Um, and I, or, you know, it, it's, it's very, very important. But yes, so and that, now to swing to what you're talking about, the kitchen table issue, which again, I don't think we talk about abortion at the kitchen table um, because, you know, I do have a, 11 year old daughter and 12 year old son and a 14 year old son that doesn't seem to come up. What we talk about is how much peanut butter costs, how much a box of lucky charms costs, um, how much uh, cheese it's our box when they're not on sale. Um, those are the things that I quite honestly are hitting everybody. And I think it's important. It's important to know that our diesel fuel has, is, it, we are dipping, which will make our supply chain stop. And so when, during the shutdown, the wolf shutdown, when he was telling everyone to run out and get toilet paper. Yeah, well, guess what? We're going to have that cyclical coming back again. And that's what it, he scared people into staying home, stay home, stay home. Guess what? I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to come back and bite us. Um, parents advocating for education. Um, I think, you know, we've been silenced enough. I, I spoke last night at the Trump rally. I did say out loud, look, my daughter is here. Every morning she would wake up and say, why can't I go back to school? My kids go to a neighborhood school, pub, they're public education kids. And quite honestly, the fact that I was at, we were at the mercy of what, what you know, Allegheny County helped. Um, it was to have a, you know, a local school board that's Democrat led and, and being scared by someone like, you know, the teachers union and just saying, well, we're telling you not to go back to school. That affects us. The question I had and I had all along is what are you doing with our tax money then? Um, so like, you know, again, um, curriculum transparency in the school is a very hot topic. You know, I sit down more now with my kids when they're home with me and I say to them, show me your paperwork. What are you learning in school? Because look, I'm starting to distrust the system. Um, and I, I did have a situation with my son. He came home a couple of years ago with a pronoun pretest and he was 10 at the time. And I looked at it and I said, are you kidding me? You like, still believes in Santa. So, you know, I, um, you got, you got the right woman on the ticket for the job. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do some great things for Pennsylvania. You know, we, it's, it's about bringing family and faith and freedom back to PA. And that's what myself and Doug Mastorano are gonna do.
Yeah, I um, I feel honestly the last two years I feel as though uh, we got we have a whole an entire generation that is behind now because of the shutdowns, which proved nothing. And there was uh, all kinds of polls that came out afterwards saying it didn't stop infection spread. It didn't didn't change anything. And like you said, a lot of people ask, like, well, I was still paying property taxes. I was still paying taxes to the school, but nobody was doing anything. And some of my, the kids were falling behind on the, the like, virtual learning, which kids need hands-on learning. Kids need to be out in the world. But, well, uh, you know, the school choice issue, too, Mike, is very important because mm -hmm. most parents want the choice. Some kids are, are better homeschooled, right? Some kids are better in private school. Okay, fine. You know, my kids we're used to that structure. It was interrupted by a government that shouldn't be interrupted. If you talk to any child psychiatrist, they will tell you kids need routine. They need structure. And quite honestly, I mean, that's the, the social component that d disrupted our household during the pandemic was just as bad as COVID itself. So, I mean, like they don't see that. I mean, they don't want to hear that. It's terrible. Well, I know you, um, I, I do want to thank you for coming on. I know you said you were short on time, but if there's anything you'd like to, uh, end with, uh, I know the election is coming up right on Tuesday and, uh, everybody, or you could use everybody's support and say, if you have a, a final thought, maybe tell people to vote, tell people who don't believe that their vote's going to count, call them on the phone and ensure them. If people need rides to the polls, get them there, call people and tell them to vote. Rural Pennsylvania is definitely a place where we have been out and about. Um, we've been out in the Southeast, the Southwest, Erie. And again, I'm from Scranton. I'm a homegirl from Lackawanna County. So I've been up there a lot too, is that we need people to get to the polls um, and then we can drive it right out. And I, I truly believe that we're going to win this race um, you know, Senator Mastriano, Doug has really laid solid groundwork. Um, it's it's completely um, amazing what I saw during the primary. Um, and I think I've been an excellent, excellent um, kind of partner in this with him, too, is that we just keep going. Him and I will be in Philadelphia tomorrow at two different events. And then we, we, we head up to um, I leave from Allegheny and I head to Camp Hill for our watch party on Tuesday. So Mike, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate your patience with me. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you just for making the time for me to come on. Uh, our region feels like we're sometimes the forgotten region in here by mostly the politicians that are in office right now. But um, well, uh, I wish you luck and hopefully we'll get to see you again after the election. Yes, get out the vote. Thank you so much. Have a great night. God bless. God bless. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, that was uh, Carrie Lewis Del Rosso, and she's running for lieutenant governor. Like you said, um, she's running with Doug Mastriano. Their uh, opponent is Josh Shapiro. He's on the Democratic ticket. And I will I will hope that you guys get out there and, and vote if you haven't already done the early voting here in Pennsylvania. It is on Tuesday, November 8th, and it the polls close at 8 p.m. And uh, I always say to people, if you don't vote, you can't complain. If you're not even going to take or take part in the process, then you should have anything to say about it. You should at least try. You should at least believe in the system while we have it. All right, but make sure you share this video. Make sure you like it, and if not, follow the pages. And remember to get out and vote. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is Cole Region Discontent, and our motto is, if you act stupidly, you get treated accordingly. Thank you. God bless.